and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Today, I, I, I want to talk to you about the domino effect. Um, it's, it's a powerful but potentially frightening principle. And yet, I would say that it's an absolute necessity for healthy human development. But something we are more likely to wish to avoid than we are willing to embrace and accommodate. And um, it affects everything that we line up with careful precision in the hope of some permanency and certainty and in the hope that what we line up and stand up will never fall. And we're all guilty of it. But when, as inevitably the case will be, we begin to experience that which we carefully built up beginning to fall piece by piece by piece. What attitude should we take? What action, if any, should we take? How should we judge ourselves in it all? Why, why do we think that security is best found in certainty? And so pursue that line of approach in everything in life. See, what we showed you today is from the movie Collateral Beauty. And um, the guy in the story, played by Will Smith, finishes up, although they've been very successful, there is a tragedy in his life. They lose a child. And, and suddenly that causes an effect that now makes him question the whole essence of what he's built in life and why these things should happen. You see, we can take why as such a positive, what's the why of your life? But most of us struggle with the why did my marriage fail? Why can't I seem to get through to my kids? Why am I not succeeding in my job? Why am I unhappy? Those are more the whys that we tend to wrestle with than the big why of our existence and our, our value and our purpose. And so he talked about the three things, love, time, and death. I don't think they're the only three things, but they're what's in the movie, and that's what our subject is. So, so I, my question is, when love, time, and death show up in person in our life experience, what is our response? When we are faced with the, with the challenge 
of things that become real, the right in front of our face, what's our response? If, if, love is the great, if, if love is our greatest need, and we all want more of that, if time is our greatest challenge, and we inevitably feel we have too little of that, or are not sure how effectively we have used and are using it, if death is our greatest question in all of its forms, not just when we finish up in a box, and it's an unrelenting companion in all of it, in the whole of creation, death is an unrelenting companion. It's not the opposite to life, it's the opposite to birth. And it's unrelenting and will challenge us and it comes up and crops up, not just the one time that is our final time that we call death, but many times in many situations. So is lining up the dominoes of your life in some kind of perceived order and pattern really going to create the outcome you hoped for or heal the pain that their placement was meant to end? So if you look at the story, he does the dominoes because of the loss and he's trying to heal the pain by putting the dominoes in order and that's what we do metaphorically in our life. If I can just get things in better order, if I can just line things up in a way that I can see, if I can just build some structures with the pieces, then surely this is going to heal my pain and surely it's going to give me the outcome that I hope for. Seems an obscure question, but I'm going to ask it because it's important. Do you know who Jesus is? Now, this is not some 40 years ago gospel message I'm trying to preach to you now to bring you to a point of asking Jesus into your heart, but it's a very important question because Jesus is a real figure who has had more influence on the society that we live in and the culture that has developed than any other individual in the whole of history. Do you know who Jesus is? Well, let me tell you who he is not. Jesus is not another domino that you insert at the head of the lineup of all your perceived solutions to life's challenges. But unfortunately, that's what he gets reduced to. Another domino, but we are very gracious. We recognize who he is, so we put him at the head. But actually, he's just another domino. Jesus is not that. Jesus is the domino pusher. If you care to read the Gospels in their true light and take out of the reading of those Gospels our romanticism, you will see that the Jesus of the Gospels is the domino pusher who on every occasion is pushing that one domino that when it is pushed is about to take everything else with it which is why he was resisted and which is why when he started to do that in Jewish culture and in the religious context that they lived in they said we'd rather crucify him than have him touch our domino. But just like we had in the story of um, Thingy, if I'm not the bell ringer, small foot, if I'm not the bell ringer, who am I? I would say if Jesus is not the domino pusher, who is he? 
And so all the time he's pushing people's dominoes. Why? Because it's actually healthy for the dominoes to begin to fall because they are a false solution to the issues we face that we think we can find resolution by building something, but we're building it from dominoes. Jesus is the domino pusher, the catalyst for chaos and catastrophe, which is a different Jesus, isn't it? Trust me, we probably wouldn't have liked the real Jesus, and most people now don't like the real Jesus, so they have Jesus as a domino, not the domino pusher, because that's how they think they can maintain order. But you see, the truth is, he is a catalyst for chaos and catastrophe. Now, the problem is we understand chaos and catastrophe to equal disaster. But if you read the Bible right in the beginning, chaos and catastrophe are the beginnings of creation. They are not ends, they are beginnings. So don't be afraid of chaos and catastrophe because once your dominoes are pushed, that's what you're getting. He's not meant to be a convenient add-on, but a life-changing catalyst. Now let me say this about context. The words and teachings of Jesus have been tremendously influential, particularly in the values and development of the Western world and also in a different way in the Eastern world. But consider the dominoes of your life is no less powerful and legitimate a message than Jesus saying, consider the lilies of the field. So consider the dominoes of your life this morning. The problem for the guy who Will Smith plays there in Collateral Beauty is that he can't move forward because of his pain. And so everything he does is, a, is, is an attempt at resolution for that pain, which, of course, what that is doing in his life, it's absorbing time but never moving him forward with any momentum. It's just simply always trying to heal the wound and, and backtrack on what it is that he feels has gotten out of control. In the movie, he writes three letters. He writes a letter to love, he writes a letter to time, and he writes a letter to death because those are the the images of the three things that he feels are bothering him. Now, in the movie, what happens is they turn up as real people into the story. And uh, it might sound far-fetched, but I would say that for all of us, the issues that we face kind of turn up as real people in our hidden moments and in our conversation. They're, they, they, they are to us as real as flesh and blood because we're having a conversation with them. We are saying things to them about our feelings and our disappointments and our disillusionment and our hopes and our expectations. <clears throat> and particularly the one that turns up there is time. <clears throat> And, um, of course, he has this little conversation which you witness with, with time. And time in, in this movie is symbolic of the challenges that we face when the things that trouble us show up and face us down. He does the same with love. He does the same with death. And I don't know if you noticed it, but it only had to touch one thing to begin a collapse of everything that he had been building to fix his feelings up to that time. And what he'd spent time building with his time and love as a resistance to death started to collapse. And then what you see in here that's different to the first clip is he had, it must be stopped at all costs. So when the dominoes began 
to fall, when time touched the dominoes that he had erected, he felt he must stop them at all costs. And so there is an intervention in the process that potentially was trying to bring him to an understanding of what must happen for the resolution of the thing that he was trying to fix by lining up his dominoes. This experience is probably at its most frightening when it touches our core, developed, accepted beliefs. See, we we all develop, accept, or have imposed upon us what I've called many times in here a common narrative. It's our go-to position. It's our fallback position. It's the thing that we have grasped that we feel pulls everything together in a way that gives us some sense of security. And and that we feel actually removes some measure of that awful feeling of uncertainty. But that's our common narrative. And growing up as I did in the church and knowing all that I know about what I've seen around me in every part of it, every denomination, every group, every, every type, there is in every one a common narrative that drives it, just like in life. There's in every culture a common narrative. There's in every political idealism a common narrative. And there is in each one of us a common narrative. <clears throat> it's a set of beliefs that we have accepted, developed, constructed, or maybe had imposed upon us, which Chris and I and Jenny and one or two more know about that, which have now created a default position in which we now live like a castle to protect us from our enemies. We make them and their defense our meaning. Most of my life made the common narrative of my evangelical Pentecostal upbringing my defense and meaning. It's what I lived for and it's what I fought about. But all the time, it was never allowing me to think what would happen if I allow one of those beliefs to be pushed over. I'll tell you what happens, the domino effect. And I'll tell you what most people do, immediately dive onto the scene to stop the dominoes falling because our precious beliefs that we have accumulated, that we rely on to give us our security, are quickly falling one after the other, and we must stop it. Well, in stopping that, we stop what would become our deliverance and our freedom and our growth. And we, 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 those things that we did, we, we, we make them our defense and our meaning, not realizing that they're a reaction to the uncertainty, unknowing, and autonomous flow of this thing we call living. See, there is an autonomous flow to this thing we call living. Autonomous means it does what it does. And so those of you who struggle, why did X get sick and why was they okay and how come they got that job and how come they had a baby, you had a miscarriage, that's the autonomous flow of life. It's not that anybody or anything is particularly responsible, it's just that, can I use the word, it's in the Bible, shit happens. It's part of life. But so does blessing and so does favor and so does goodness. The thing is not to try and bring that down so much that you're trying to say whose fault is it, but to say we know it exists, but within it, how do we resolve this issue to be living life in a way that is able to deal with this autonomous flow 
and help us to understand what uncertainty and unknowing contribute. They don't take away, they contribute to our life, bring beauty to it. That's why it's called collateral beauty. See, but those beliefs are as vulnerable to falling as the dominoes in our videos. It just takes one to be pushed over. One by one, we line them up, creating shape and texture. Our objective is the security of certainty outside of the challenging demands of the faith required to live in the space of unknowing. So we line up those beliefs. We line them up, one after the other, after the other, and put our confidence in them. But in the building blocks of life, though we may deny it, what we're wanting is the non-negotiable, the fundamental, the fixed. So good luck in Jesus' name with that. If you really want to live open and honest and not closed and calculated, then you're going to have to accept a movement that is the dominoes that begin to fall. See, the problem with developing a common narrative individually, corporately, societally, in any group, is that they are always fiercely homogenic. Now, that's not LBGTQHZ. It's not another one of those, okay, just because it's got that in the title. Homogenic means having only one alternative form. I was raised in a homogenic understanding of God. I was raised in a homogenic understanding of church, of the gospel, of Jesus, of me, of people, of the world, of the future, of creation. It was homogenic. It only had one alternative form. But you see, the problem with that is this. It's almost impossible in that experience to avoid the development of prejudice and discrimination. The uncommon being spoken becomes the unforgivable sin because it threatens the whole setup. And that's why people have struggled in recent times with where we are going as a house, as a people, as a church, in our faith. Why? Because the uncommon being spoken becomes an unforgivable sin because it threatens the whole setup. It touches dominoes that people want to dive in and say, no, I can't let that fall. So why is the common narrative such an issue to me? Because I now see that culture itself is a kaleidoscope of people with different experiences and stories to tell and has been throughout history. And when we become closed off to that, we accommodate the common narrative and the common narrative prevents our journey from going where it should because we're trying to heal our pain through putting more and more solid beliefs in place. To think we can corral these into one exclusive conclusion is both naive and arrogant. It leads to an imbalance in perceptions about the importance of all truth. Now there's a fascinating thing that Jesus said that most people miss one of the critical words. He, he, Jesus said these words, he said, he said, and you will know the truth... And the truth will make you free. And it also says that when he, when he sends the Spirit, his Spirit, the Christ Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into all truth. 
So why do we so readily create and attach to a common narrative? Because we believe that by and through it, all things will be held together for us. That's why we do it. We think, foolishly, that through it, all things will be held together for us. Because our security, our confidence, and our identity are all so closely dependent upon its existence. And so it becomes, if you disturb my security, if you knock my confidence, if you question or challenge my identity, where does that leave me? It leaves you with a room full of fallen dominoes. The question is why you laid out the dominoes in the first place. What are you trying to fix? It's less about what you were trying to create and more about what you were trying to fix. In regards to the question of what can hold all things together, there is a better fix. Find the Christ in you. Christ is the sacred raw material from which and in which everything else exists. And I want you to understand this presence of the Christ in all things which we've talked about before and I won't go into it deeply today. But this wonderful verse in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says, He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Faith happens when our beliefs run aground. Faith is what we find when our dominoes begin to fall. Where that brings us to is... If the dominoes do begin to fall, how's the best way to deal with it? And what you saw in that wonderful film, uh, wonderful clip from Robots, the movie, is the best way to deal with it when the dominoes begin to fall is to surf the dominoes. And then you become the king of the beach. See? That little video also introduces something we haven't seen up to this time, which is big dominoes. And you see at the end, as we went through all those dominoes, we suddenly hit a few big dominoes. One of the big jokes about communism was that in communism, all men are equal, it's just that some men are more equal than others which sprung out of the, of the way that the Russian, the Soviet Union at the time, Politburo, uh, helped themselves to large houses and private beaches and all the kind of stuff that everybody else, we all had to just live in grey apartments on the same amount of money, on the same wages, doctors or labourers, it didn't matter, they provided the heating, but some were more equal than others. Well, the issue is all dominoes are equal, it's just that some dominoes are more equal than others. Who God is became one of my big dominoes because there came a point where having been raised in church, I began to question who really is God? How come the God that I've been taught could instruct people to murder, rape and pillage, to bring into slavery, to obtain land illegally that was not their own, but now suddenly comes and loves me and tells me to love my enemies and to forgive. How come this is going on? And it began to raise a big domino in my life because once I began to say, maybe the God that I have been given is not necessarily the God of Jesus, what will the impact of that be? Another big one for me was, 
Is the Bible really infallible and inerrant? Because I began to see that there were problems that I could not just brush under the carpet by saying, but God is in control. And if God is God, God can do just what he wants. Well, what makes that God different to the Emperor Julius Caesar or Nero or Caligula? What makes him different to Attila the Hun? What makes him different to Odin? What makes him different to Zeus? And I began to realize the God that I had been given, in essence, was absolutely no different to the gods of any culture, of any people, at any time throughout the whole of history. Here's how it worked. You, the gods are angry. The gods must be appeased. You'll be rewarded for doing good. You'll be punished for doing bad. Now, we introduced a beautiful figure into that by the name of Jesus who died for our sins and somehow felt that that was the trump card that excused all of this when actually we still had a God who was angry and who must be appeased. And so as people would say, I began to realize if what I thought was true, then God came himself to sacrifice himself to himself to deal with the anger that he felt himself so that he himself could then forgive us for something that had been created in the first place because he made us. And I began to think, hang on a minute, but of course, can you imagine what happens to a church boy growing up with everything I'd learned and done and felt and suddenly that domino, that big domino gets pushed. And it begins to knock all the others, all the questions that go down the line for all of us. And it applies to all of our lives. What are the big dominoes for you? What is it that you're afraid of? If that falls, if that that I've believed goes over, if that that I've put my trust in is moved, if that that I rely on for my whole identity tumbles, where does that leave me? But that's more an inner fear that we have of the process of life than it is of the reality that will happen when you allow this process to take place within you. Because as I said, Jesus was the domino pusher. When the big domino falls in this movie, Robots, it does something very amazing. It creates a tsunami wave. The big domino falls and it hits all the pile of dominoes and those dominoes begin to move like a tsunami wave. Let me tell you, that's really what happens when the big dominoes fall in your life. They begin to create a tsunami wave of all the other dominoes and then you have a challenge. You will either surf it or be crushed by it. Now, our tendency, because of the disappointment, the disillusionment, the, 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 the loss of identity, the loss of security, the loss of certainty, we, we, we give ourselves to be crushed by it and have to begin again, when actually this process is one that you should learn to surf upon it and see where the wave will take you, because the wave will always take you to the shore. The wave doesn't take you out into being lost in some deep ocean. The wave will always bring you to the shore. And this wave that's created, that's a tsunami, but happens because of the collapse of the big dominoes in your life, if you will surf the wave, will always bring you to the shore. 
See, the object of belief is to create certainty and to place things beyond question. But I have to tell you, that's the land of make-believe, not the reality of life. And we said this before in our teachings over the last few weeks, belief is not faith. Faith is what happens when our beliefs run aground. And the dominoes fall in order to show you that ultimately your defined, developed beliefs will run aground somewhere. But if you let that happen, faith will begin at that point. Your spirit can be buoyed by beliefs, but it can also be brought down by them. The things you believed and it didn't quite turn out. And you said, but I believed it wasn't going to be this way. I believed this would be different. I believed that that would not happen and this would happen. Yeah, we can be buoyed when we have those beliefs, but we can also be brought down by them. The falling of the dominoes is proof that our beliefs, no matter how strong, were inadequate for the journey. And when they prove inadequate, that's not the place of destruction, it's the place of opportunity. So stop letting it release pity and start letting it release potential. When the dominoes are allowed to fall is when we truly engage with the journey of faith, which always leads us to the embracing of a new reality. And that's what I want you to get from this this domino effect. It's not the time for adding Jesus. It's the time to discover your Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness is not the ability to recite a set of words about Jesus or reference to a particular felt experience at some point in life, but the immovable, constant and present awareness of a oneness at work in all things, a belonging that goes way beyond belief, a knowing that cannot be produced by purely academic pursuit. Within that consciousness, even doubt is not destructive, and even falling dominoes cannot derail the purpose and potential that is the miracle called you. So I say, you want that again? I say, let them fall in the light of that. Okay, so it's not the time for adding Jesus, it's the time to discover your Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness is not the ability to recite a set of words about Jesus or reference to a particular felt experience at some point in life, but the immovable, constant and present awareness of a oneness at work in all things, a belonging that goes way beyond belief, a knowing that cannot be produced by purely academic pursuit. Within that consciousness, even doubt is not destructive, and even falling dominoes cannot derail the purpose and potential that is the miracle called you. So may the Christ, who is in all things and holds all things together, find his expression in you today and touch your dominoes. And I pray that you won't stop them falling. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. 
Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>